0: Last week we talked a little bit about him being the source. If you weren't here, you can check it out online with everything else that we have. Most of Woody's messages there would be online too if you want to find out what you're getting into next week. But uh, I wanted to, to go on just a little bit. Hey, we've been talking about faith uh, the last couple Sundays, and today we'll, we'll kind of get to some of the faith part. But the, on Sunday, it's gonna, this is going to lead towards Sunday. Because if, you, if you've paid attention to the titles on the Sundays, it, it was Speaking What You Expect, and then it was believe what God says. And then, then we're going to end up in the end, if you speak and, and, and you believe or meditate what God says, then you've got to do it. And so there's going to be action. There's going to be a movement. There's going to be, it, it, it's not a mental exercise to put action to your faith. It's, a, it's an actual action in your body, in this earth that is moving. It's not something that you, you think. It's something that you do. And you need that part. It's that third part of it. You know, it says in James that if you don't, if you're not a doer of the word, man, you're, you're going to be in trouble because you're going to end up deceiving yourself. But we'll get into all that as we go. But uh, last week we talked about on Wednesday night the, 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 that God is the source, that he is the one. And it said, know the source. And if I asked anybody like I did last week, who is the source? We would all repeat like, Jesus, God, yes, I believe that. Yeah, but do you know him? See, that was the gist. It wasn't just knowing that he is the source. It's about like this song, holy, holy. Now, think about that. Angels cry that song out, holy, 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 Lord God almighty. Over and over and over and over, a resounding chorus of that song in that room and in that place. Can you imagine the anointing and the power that stirred in that place as they begin to do that? Well, I'm telling you, in this earth, we have that same ability if you know the source it's not something you can conjure up. It's not something that you can buy. It's not something that you can take from somebody else. It's something that is worked up on the inside of you, that comes out of your innermost belly. That living water that flows from the throne room of God to you and then comes back out of you. Refreshes you. Renews you. Does those things. But you gotta know, you gotta know the source. Not just be able to point somebody to the source, but you have to know them like. Better than you know the person next to you. Better than you know your spouse. Better than really almost you know yourself. Well, why is all that? Because if you know the source, you can count on it. See, if you really know them, you can count on them. And today's message is you can count on the source. There are a lot of believers, like earlier when I said, they get a little discouraged and, and not maybe disgruntled, but a little disappointed in God because they got a taste maybe of God moving in their life or they got a taste of God's goodness or his mercy. And, but then somewhere along the way, they stopped making this thing that direction. They stopped making it vertical and started making it this direction, horizontal. They started making it really, in many cases, no direction. And then they can't figure out why there's dryness and why it's not working and why things haven't happened and why they haven't grown. Because you have have to continue to stretch into the source. David wrote, and I didn't put this in last week, I didn't say it. It was Psalms uh, 62. And it's verses 5 through 8, and it says, Yes, my soul, find rest in my God. My hope comes from him. Your hope comes from him. If, If you know him... If you know the source, you, you don't have to worry about where the help's going to come from because you are, you are in an intimate relationship with the source. And there are many of you that, if I called you, we have close relationships. And if I asked Bill O'Brien for just about anything, he, he'd, he'd, he'd do what he could to get it to me. But he's not my source. My wife loves me, and she would do anything for me. She knows golfers' wives. That's how much she loves me. She knows the golfers' significant others and wives because she loves me enough to sit with me, to be close with me. She knows not the wives matter to me, but she knows golf matters to me. And so she learns all of this stuff. She knows the guys not to like and she knows the guys to like. And when the guys she doesn't like pop on, she's hexing their putts and doing all kinds of things at them. But we're intimate. I mean, we're close. We, we know each other. She knows the things I like. I know the things she likes. And I can trust her and she'll do anything for me. But she's not my source. In the, in the natural, I can count on her. But not for everything. I can count on her for specific things and specific moments and specific times. She doesn't have the ability to be everything to me. He does. And so, yes, I want to be close to my wife, but I'm just encouraging you here as we move into this next part. It'll be fast. Don't worry. As we move into this next part, you have to get that close with the source. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes determination. See, it takes you saying, you know what? I'm going to set aside this time just to be with him. To learn about him and his word. To seek his face. To, 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 to lay down before him at the throne and to praise him. To get on my knees and fall down and begin to worship who he is. David said, if I find rest in my God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. I will not be shaken. He's my salvation and my honor Sorry, my salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. David tells us what, what God means to him and how he's his refuge and his strength and all of these things. And then if you go to that last verse there in verse 8, he says, trust in him at all times. He's saying, this is who God is. This is what he does. This is, this is how he operates in my life. This, he is the one. He is the strong tower. And, the, and he is the one who I can run into. And he is, the, he is the arms that cover me. And he is the shield that comes over me. And he is the one who watches me. And he is the one who takes care of me. And then he says, you trust him that way too. But you have to know him that way. You have to know him that way to trust him that way. He says, after he says, trust him at all times, you people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. And we said that, you know, as we seek his face, as, as, we, as we seek that relationship, as that closeness in that relationship, there's a reward that comes with that. We said that in Hebrews eleven six. but what I didn't say, say last week was that the reward, the definition for a reward is something given in recompense for service, hardship, or deed. Something giving to you as recompense for service, for hardship, or for deed. Something that you've gone through, that you've sacrificed for, that you've given up, that you've done something now you've you've in this case you've been seeking him with your whole heart and seeking his face and his righteousness, like it said in Matthew chapter six. And he said there's a reward in Hebrews eleven six for that man who can seek God like that with great faith, knowing that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There is a reward. But we don't we don't look for the reward. We want to know the rewarder. We don't look for the resource, we want to know the source. And really in the end, when Solomon was ushered onto the scene, God spoke to him and said, "You can have whatever you want. I will give you anything that you want." And Solomon said, I need wisdom. And God told him, because you have set aside all the other things that were possible, because you have asked for wisdom, I will give you wisdom, but then I will give you everything else on top of that. I will give you the riches. And you will have it all. And he said, I need wisdom in my life to rule and to lead these people. You need wisdom in your life, and I know I need wisdom in my life for sure. And where does that wisdom come from? The source. And how do I get get that wisdom? I ask. And how does he respond to me? He shows me. He speaks that to me. He brings it out in his word. Well, how do you know that? Because I have a great relationship with him. That all wisdom comes from the source. It comes from him. We know James 1, chapter 5, or James 1, 5 through 8 says, you know, any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. Let him ask of God, and he'll give to him liberally, without reproach, the two things we want, lots of it, regardless of our background. That's what those two words mean. If you lack wisdom, let you ask God, and he will give to you wisdom liberally, a lot, without reproach, not tied to who you were yesterday. Because we make mistakes, and we, we all have pasts. But I'm telling you, when you get to know the source, the past doesn't matter anymore. I got a lot of people trying to fix each other. We said that last week. I got person A trying to fix person B. Hey, how about person A finds the source? How about person B seeks the source? God will take care of A and B. If A and B get close to the source, you can count on him. You can count on the source. And part of this, this message is we say you can count on the source. We, we're a little skeptical of that because everybody else in this world has let us down. Every, everybody else we know, for the most part, and I'm not saying everybody you know is a heathen, liar, backstabbing, you know, scumbag. But, but most people have not gone through life without having people lie to them and people let them down. And people not hold up their end of the bargain. And people hurt them on purpose. And people tell them one thing and do another. That happens. And you've grown up in that since you were this big and I was this big and now we're all this big. And, and, and if, you don't, if you don't get close to the source, that begins to imprint on you as you get Bigger. And now you don't just think that everybody else is distrustful or not able to be trusted. Now you kind of carry that baggage with you into the throne room and it's hard to cry holy, holy, holy when you're carrying a baggage that says, I don't trust you fully. So we have to realize what men have done to you, what women have done to you, what young people have done to you. That's not what God does. God is the source and he pours out to you liberally and without reproach the wisdom that you need when you need it. It actually says in Matthew chapter 7, if you will come to me and you will ask and you will seek and you will knock, I will tell you. Ask. Ask. And it says, if I read it in the Message Bible. It says, don't bargain with God, be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks for a fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? As bad as you are, I don't hope anybody's doing that, but as bad as you are, you wouldn't think of even doing that thing. You're at least decent to your own children. So don't think that God who conceived you who conceived you in love, will, 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 don't you think he'll even be better, it says? That if you ask and you seek and you knock, he'll open it and you'll find it. Why? Because he's the source. Your kids come to you because they, you're the source. You have been since they were our little friend's age back there. Our newest member, Logan. His mama is his source for nutrients. We don't have to go any farther. Y'all figure out what that all means. It's... And so he begins to know that she, she, she's the source. As he grows into a young man, they need to begin to teach him that God's the source. We, t- we went over this last week. Why? So that, so that Logan, when he gets older, he can count on God. Faith. Do you count on God. Because if you count on God, if he is your source, and by all means, he is, he is the source of everything that we have. But if you know him as the source, if you know him in that intimate relationship, I'm telling you, that that is the part that makes us be able to do some of the things that the word tells us that seems so strange. Second Corinthians, first Corinthians, it's not second, Sandy, sorry, it's typed wrong on there. It's first Corinthians 15. And verse 57, it says, but thanks be to God who gives us this victory in his triumph in Christ. But then the next verse says, verse 58, this is the part that when we read this, we're like, yeah, this is really great. But it says, it says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Hold on. Now he's telling me to look, you got to know that your labor is not in vain. That means I'm going to think it is. And when we think what we're doing is in vain, we stop doing it. But I'm telling you, if you know that he's the source and you know him in that intimate relationship, that helps you remain steadfast, fixed in place, immovable, firmly founded and planted on the rock of the word of God that I know is true beyond a shadow of a doubt because I know the source you've gone before people before in your life and you've sworn that said, hey, look, I am telling you, I know this person. They wouldn't do that. They didn't do that. If they promised you they would, I know them. They will. But they're people. And no matter how much you know them, they're people. But I'll tell you, You can go to people who are hurting and who are in trouble and who need help and who need an answer. And you can say, listen, I know a guy. Not me, not the pastor. You can bring him here. We'll pray for him. But I know, I know, I am, I'm telling you what God, I know God. I know his personality. I know, I know what he writes. It was written in the word. I know what he does. I know how he acts. I know how he provides. I know how he heals. I know how he gives. I know how he loves. I know that there's peace that passes all understanding. I know that there's joy in those moments and there's times when we don't feel like that. I know there is. I know this guy. Can I introduce you? you to him you can count on him you might not be able to count on me but i'm telling you you can count on him and when you know him that well when you have that relationship like that you can remain steadfast nobody can knock you off your rock see the problem with remaining steadfast is its work steadfast that that does work Knowing that your labor is not in vain means that there are going to be days where you think it might be. Knowing the source, see, gives you great confidence that he's going to swoop in and take care of you. That he's going to provide for you in that last moment. That he's not going to let your foot be dashed against the rock like the, the word said. He is the one who will hold you up in his arms. He is the one who will bring rest for the weary. He's the one. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you because my burden is easy. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I can count on that. I don't have to carry it. Well, I've been trying to do that. Yes, but do you know him? Do you know him? intimately know him because when you do you not just are able to stand fast but you're able to endure these are all faith things overcoming faith we teach about enduring hardship as a good soldier we talk about remaining steadfast why because you're going to have to You can endure. 2 Timothy 2.3 says, My young man Timothy, Paul, tells him, I love you so much, brother, but I want to tell you, just a little smidge here, you're going to go through things, and you're going to have to endure hardship, but you do it as a good soldier. Really encouraging. But, see, Timothy... Knows the source. He knows it's not Paul. He knows it's not his mom and his grandma. Although why he's here and why he has a head start on everybody is because of Paul and because of his, his grandma and mama. But listen, he knows the source. And Paul spends time telling him, listen, you have got to follow after God. You've got to follow the source. In the Message Bible, it says, when the going gets rough, take it on the chin with the rest of us. See, the enemy, now listen, this isn't a physical fight, but the enemy wants to fight all the time. But I'm telling you, if you understand who's fighting for you when you swing that sword, if you want to, see, it says in 2 in, in Chronicles, it talks about, the, listen, the battle is not yours. The battle is mine, God said. When Joshua marched around Jericho, that was not a military siege. That was a miracle siege that was done by God. But Joshua knows the source, And so when God gives him the wisdom, he walks out the wisdom in this earth. They begin to shout a big shout, swing that sword of the spirit through the air, and the walls tumble down, and then they go inside and take care of business. You endure hardship. Now, this is a good, this is it's, it's encouraging. Because some of you are going through some hard things. And I'm trying to encourage you to tell you to keep going. When you're going through hell, don't stop. Huh? When you find yourself in a hole, put down the shovel. By all means, quit digging. Right? There's too, there's too many believers, man, that you're trying to help them. And they just keep digging the hole. And you're trying to grab the shovel out of their hands, and you grab the shovel, and they got a pickaxe. You take the pickaxe, they steal the shovel back. they got got hole diggers down there. They just, they just do everything they can to get deeper and deeper and deeper in a mess. Running scared because they don't know the source, ultimately. Because Paul also told Timothy, you don't have a spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind. That was put in you by the source. You can endure. And some of you are going through hardship. And I'm not trying to make light of the situations and things you're going through. But I am telling you this. Get close to the source. See some of you need to be steadfast. Because you're being pushed around. By other people's doctrine. You're being pushed around. By principalities and powers. You're being pushed around. By the enemy. And he's knocking you off your perch. Listen, you're king of that hill, because the king of kings lives inside of you. And he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Hold your ground. Remain steadfast. Remain steadfast. Endure. And the last part, when you know the source, you're fully assured. I am I am fully assured that God will do what he said he will do. Abraham. If you want to read this story in the New Testament, it's fine. It's in Romans chapter 4. And now you've got to realize, this is a guy who didn't have the Bible. Right? He didn't, have, he didn't have things to read. He didn't have a whole lot of people before him that were... That were I mean, he's the father of faith. If there was somebody before him, he would have been the son of the father of faith. So there really wasn't, you know, somebody before him that could be labeled in this kind of way. Now, Noah was a good guy and he built an ark and he saved everybody and he loved God and did what was pleasing before him. But it says that Abraham is the one who is considered the father of faith. And it says in verse 18, I guess in 17 or 18 anyway, it says who contrary to hope in hope believed that's Abraham contrary to hope in hope he believed you can't have faith without hope we talked about it on sunday hope is the coat hook that you put your faith on and without hope you have nothing you can't have faith if you don't have hope and he says contrary to hope he he was in a situation that was impossible to have hope in we're old god said we're going to have a baby He said we're going to be the mother and the father of all these nations. Yet yet we're old and physically past those years. That's no hope. Contrary to hope. In hope, it says, he believed. So that he became the father of many nations according, it says, to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, since it was already dead, And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Abraham, contrary to hope, in hope, believed what God said, regardless of what he saw, regardless of what he knew was going on in his body. He believed God. He did not waver, it says. And then verse 21 says, being fully convinced that God was able to perform what he had promised. He knew God. He didn't just know him as a resource. He knew the source. And in knowing the source, he could release his faith To be the father of many nations. I think too many times, and we covered this a little bit last week, uh, maybe more than what we we don't need to come back to it this week, but I'm telling you, many times we got our eyes on what we need and and not our eyes on him. That in our life, I'm telling you, your needs are Real. They're real. I mean, you need gas for your car. You might have come in here on fumes. You need food for your house. Your refrigerator might be empty. Listen, that's not far-fetched. That's where a lot of people find themselves today. And you can give them food and help them because the Word says that we're supposed to help those who are in need. You can give them money for gas, and you can encourage them to do things. But I'm telling you, point them to the source. So they can get to know him intimately. I don't want you to get to know me intimately. I want you to get to know God intimately. That's the desire of my heart, right? That's the vision of this church. To share the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus with everyone. We tacked on locally and globally. And to help people find Jesus and what? Learn to love him more. Why? So that they can rest in the source. When Peter was at that temple, at that gate, and he told that young man, look up here. And he looked up expecting to receive something. I'm telling you, look up. Not expecting necessarily to receive, but look up at the source. Don't focus on the need. Don't focus on the gift. Don't focus on the reward, don't focus on the blessing. Focus on the blesser. Focus on the rewarder. Focus on the need-meter. Get to know him in a new way. It's your cousin getting married. Nephew. Yes. See me after service. Sorry. I've been looking. You have to get to know him. In Joshua chapter 1, real quick, and then we'll finish and pray. As you're going there, it says in Proverbs, and I'm not telling you scriptures that many of you don't know. It'll be new to some of you, I know. But but many of you know these scriptures. In Proverbs chapter 3, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path in all of your ways acknowledge the source don't look at yourself don't lean on you lean on the source get to know the source and if you will know the source if you will pour your life out and give it to him and if you will say father i want to be a... why do you think he calls us the bridegroom why does jesus say like i am the bride and you are the br- I, i'm the bridegroom and you are the bride why does he call the church the bride? I mean, because there's an intimate relationship there. There's covenant there. There are things that happen there. We don't live in a society that thinks that way anymore about marriage. But when the Bible's written and when those things were happening, these things meant, marriage meant something. There was a covenant there that was made in the shedding of that blood. And I'm telling you what, there was a covenant that was made spiritually in this world and in our lives because Jesus shed his blood on the cross so that we could get to know the source. Because there's going to come a day like there is here in Joshua in chapter 1. And we'll read this again on Sunday probably as we go. So when you come back on Sunday, this will be a little bit of a repeat. You'll be ahead of them. And you can say to the person next to you, I feel like he's going to read Joshua chapter 1 today. I don't know. No, don't do that. We don't need lightning in the building. I love watching TV on, like, on backwards, you know, because somebody walks in the room and you go, man, I just, this guy's going to make a touchdown. I don't know why, man. I'm just telling you. Or you go like this. Ooh, ooh. Do you feel that? Interception. I feel that. You feel that? They're like, no, I don't feel it. No interception. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how that happened. Hey. Hey. John sixteen thirteen. the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. You never know. No online gambling. Yeah. Not for a while. What'd you say, Michelle? Yeah, you never know. Hey, he cares about lots of stuff. No, because we prayed every we prayed every game when I was in high school. We went to Christian high. School. We prayed every game. We lost a plenty, so it's, he you know. In verse five, though, he says, "God says he just told him Moses is dead. You're the man. Moses is dead, and you're the man." And he tells Joshua. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you, or I won't forsake you. Be strong and be of good courage for this people that you shall divide as an inheritance in the land in which I swore to their fathers to give them. You need to be strong, sir, and be very courageous, young man, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the left hand or to the right hand, that you may prosper wherever you go. That the book of this law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." God promising him the same things that he promised Moses, that you're going to take these people into the promised land. But what you've what you, what you got to see here, and the, the tie you have to make to this message and to this situation, and Joshua moving in here, and then conquering most of the promised land, and doling it out to the children of Israel, is he knew the source. And it wasn't Moses. When Moses would go out to seek God, who was out there hanging out in the woods with him? Joshua. Even it says when Moses would leave, Joshua would hang back a little. Why? Because he wanted to know the source. I want to know the source. I want to, It's important to know the source. Amen.
1: We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at VictoryLafayette.org.